Well, hello there, everybody. I am meteorologist Dave Turley, and I am joined by meteorologist Andrew Gordon, and we are ready for another edition of our WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. Andrew, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing great. Enjoying the cooler weather we've got here. The breezy conditions, of course. We're recording this on Thursday, the 28th. And it's finally feeling like uh, winter again after it didn't feel like that for a couple of days. But, you know, we saw this week that severe weather can happen any day of the year if the conditions are right. We had that locally, just some trees down power lines and not a big deal for a lot of people. It was a big deal for, of course, it was impacted by it. But we also saw an EF3 tornado over uh, north of Birmingham. So that leads us into preparedness week for severe weather hazards. Yeah, this is going to be for our Georgia counties as well. We have Georgia Severe Weather Preparedness Week. It's going to begin on Monday, February 1st. And what the purpose of that is to really get you back in a mindset, because usually we're pretty quiet normally uh, as you get in late fall and into the early wintertime months. But as you start getting in a little bit later into the winter and early spring, that's when severe weather uh, storms usually become a little bit more uh, widespread or a little bit more possible across the southeast and including into our area. So now's the time before we get into those times that we want to make sure that yeah. you are prepared, know what to do, know what to expect, so you can you and your family can be informed and hopefully stay safe. Yeah, definitely. And you'll hear us reiterate this over the air on the news coming up uh, starting Monday through Friday. Of course, each day has a different designation that we're focusing on starting on Monday. And that is family preparedness. So uh, that's important because we need to uh, look at what is different this year than last. We have a lot more people at home during the day versus at school. So, of course, you've got uh, kids at school. They're doing their tornado drills. But now maybe more kids than in the past are at home. You need to make sure you you really just hit that family plan hard for if there is a severe thunderstorm, if there is a tornado warning during the daytime, because in the afternoon, that's when we typically see these. Uh, but, of course, it can happen any time of day. But if you're looking at when we typically do see them, uh, afternoon, a lot of people at home, you have to know where you're going to go. Yeah, and you talk about it being prepared and knowing where you're going to go. I can remember... Um, a couple of times when we were living in our first house, my family and I, uh, this is going back probably about at least 12 years ago, uh, we had a threat for severe weather. We had some thunderstorms moving through. I remember we had a tornado warning here for Savannah. The sirens are going off when we lived out this over in Georgetown. And I call my wife, who's at home with the kids. Hey, you guys got a tornado warning. Get the kids. Get in the downstairs closet. That was mm-hmm. our designated yeah. area that we would go to. And you have to have that talk now with your family, with your kids, to know where you would go. Because you can get that information, and we're going to get that information out to you. Everybody has a smartphone now. Yeah. If you have a NOAA weather radio, it's a great tool to have. But smartphones now are becoming more and more prevalent. Even the kids, my kids have them, mm-hmm. teenagers. Uh, and you can get alerts right there on your phone. So you get that alert, tornado warning. You need to seek shelter. What do you do? Where do you go? Uh, safest place to be. To be during 
tornadoes. Where are they? Yeah, you you don't want to be in any room that has a window in it because, of course, debris could come through there, tree branch goes in, and then it's fair game for anything else that's flying around. And some of these severe storms also have hail in them as well. So the last thing you want is 60-mile-an-hour ice chunks flying at you. So you want to get into an interior room, meaning that that room does not share any of the outside uh, walls there for your home. A lot of people, if you do have a staircase, it would be close to that. I know back home we had a, a little half bath that was next to or just under our staircase, did not share any walls with any of the outside of the home. Uh, maybe not everybody has that, but you want to get to the innermost portion of that structure, whatever you're in, because you might not even be in your house. So, you know, you need to make that family plan for if you're in a house, but also if you're at work, we have a plan here at WTOC, of course, uh, and you just need to make sure that you have that now because you don't want to get to a point where uh, a warning is issued, you're within five to ten minutes of a tornado potentially being on top of you and, and just scrambling with your family. Yeah, and of course, we got we got to preface this saying, of course, the safest place to be would be the lowest level of your home. So if you had a basement, that would be great. But yes. we don't really have basements down here no. in our area, so we can't really say that. So we say the lowest level of your home. So if you have a two-story home, get downstairs. Get to an interior room. Andrew mentioned underneath the staircase, perfect place to be. If you have an interior closet uh, with no windows away from the exterior walls, an interior bathroom uh, into a bathtub, usually have a little bit more structure built up around that great place to be. You need as many walls in between you and the outside as possible to protect yourself from that flying debris. Yeah, and and even more recently, I've seen it more common that people – uh, will, you know, prepare for severe weather by having pillows, even like, you know, taking a mattress could be a little bit extreme if you get in a bathtub, but that's going to help you uh, in the worst case scenario. Helmets, you know, a lot of kids play sports, softball, baseball, football. Debris is what causes a lot of the injuries within severe thunderstorms. It's not, you know, like the movies where you get sucked up by a tornado. It's flying debris. So you need to protect your head first and then the rest of your body, of course. And maybe you'll feel like you're silly, but I'd rather feel silly than injured. So yeah, better safe than sorry. Yeah, for sure. So that's just another little piece of advice there. Uh, And, you know, another thing that uh, kind of a sidebar here with hail, uh, not a lot of garage space for everybody in, in the Savannah area. And so if you don't have a garage, I've seen some people get uh, air mattresses, blow them up and tape them to their car to prevent hail damage. It's kind of crazy. Or string together a bunch of pool noodles with duct tape and and put them on top of the car as well. So you can get creative. And of course, we're going to keep you guys updated if there are specific severe threats. If there's a a day that looks more like large hail versus straight line wind versus tornadoes, we'll let you know how to prepare. But it's always good to have the plan in place to know, hey, uh, you know, the first weather team said this is possible tomorrow or the next day. Then kind of in the back of your mind, no, I need to check back in, see if I still need to do that. Right, and that will be day one of Severe Weather Preparedness Week coming up Monday, February 1st. Uh, Day two topic is going to deal with thunderstorm safety. Yeah, specifically with with the thunderstorms, it's very similar to to some of the other topics here, but we get some loud ones here. And with that, um, you know, Savannah and and some of our other coastal communities as well has to do with flooding. Flooding is another day we're going to talk about with thunderstorms itself. The first thing you need to do, of course, if you can hear thunder, you can be struck by lightning. And I think that's not something that everyone always thinks about when they're outside. Yeah, and the, the impact, we kind of talked about that with the hail and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those are some of the major impacts that we're talking about from thunderstorms. Um, along with the gusty winds, severe thunderstorms have winds at least 60 miles per hour or greater. Right. 
And uh, the threat for severe thunderstorms at least have one-inch hail normally. That's the, usually the criteria. Right. And then greater could be even more. But one-inch hail is going to do some damage not mm-hmm. only to your car, but could do damage to your body. Yeah, and you know that hail is coming down at a quick pace. Even if you're, you're not even factoring in the wind that is going along with it, it's uh, not something that you want to, to, to manage with. I know that. Uh, you know, you you might have to deal with roof claims, you might have to deal with the windshield damage, but getting inside and being safe and away from windows. This goes with, with the same thing with any type of storm, whether it's tornado, hurricane, um, or just a, a thunderstorm itself. You want to stay away from windows because hail blowing sideways, if it gets caught within straight line wind, can blow out windows, and then you can have water, glass, debris coming in your home as well. Of course, with any thunderstorms, you're going to have lightning, and lightning is uh, something we're going to be talking about later uh, that's coming up actually for day uh, four, I believe it is, on Thursday, February 4th. So that was, uh, again, day two deals with thunderstorm safety. Day three for Wednesday, February 3rd, is going to be all about tornado safety. Yeah, and, and we do have more of an early spring tornado season here in the coastal empire in the low country. Um, looking at climate averages of when we see the most per month. But any day of the year we can have a tornado uh, you know, out here as long as the setup is correct, uh, and thankfully we haven't had to deal with that, but we are getting into more of a favorable season for that, and this is whenever you want to kind of practice your tornado safety. Now, there's going to be a statewide tornado drill 9 a.m. on Wednesday, at least it's planned that way. Now, of course, local offices will postpone those if, you know, imminent weather's on the way because they don't want they want you to you know have a false alarm there and worry people but it's it's a good thing for us you know i live in a different place than i did last spring so i need to think about that as well for for my family and that's that's the the thing is is that maybe it sounds like we're broken record year after year but people's uh living situations change we have people move into the area quite often who've never gone through a hurricane season or they didn't have to deal with thunderstorms on a daily basis in the summertime so we're just getting that information out there for everybody but uh tornado day on wednesday mm-hmm. i know we did a bunch of first alert weather academies when it was peak pandemic kind of giving me ptsd on that but it just it's interesting to think about here actually we don't get a lot here compared to some of the other areas and quote dixie alley that's a little bit further off to our west Usually our tornadoes are going to be a little bit more on the weaker side. You're talking about the EF zeros, right. ones, and twos. Our strongest ones are usually threes, uh, we but uh, we had that four uh, again. That uh, and it, so it's very, very rare for us to get the big, big tornadoes. But any tornado can do a lot of damage, so you need to make sure you're prepared. And, you know, when we talk about tornadoes, uh, hopefully you all know who are watching this, the difference between a tornado watch and a tornado warning. Uh, the tornado watch just means that conditions are favorable here in the atmosphere for tornadoes to potentially develop. If you were under a tornado warning, that means a tornado is actually uh, being spotted on radar. The National Weather Service radar is looking at that, seeing rotation in the clouds, and our tornado could form at any minute. So there's your tornado warning, or one has actually been spotted and is, is going on right now. So either way, you need to treat it like a tornado is uh, on the ground, and you need to get into your safe shelter and take action immediately for a tornado warning. You know, something that, that I feel like sticks with a lot of people, and I miss making this comparison uh, Whenever I go to schools and do school visits, I always ask kids, I'm like, oh, you know, have you ever, you know, baked with family members, you know, bake a birthday cake, bake cookies, whatever. Well, Tornado Watch is right whenever you start baking. You've got all the ingredients out 
on the counter, ready to go, making sure that everything is there. Well, that's like a watch because the ingredients are there, but it hasn't happened yet. A warning would be like when you're taking the the cookies or the cake or whatever out of the oven, it's there, it's present. Now, the good thing is that, of course, those are fun things, desserts. Tornado, warning, not a fun thing. But the watch would be the ingredients are all in place, and we're watching for it. The warning would be, hey, it's here. Now is the time to take action. I like that. That's a very good analogy because not every storm – uh, produces tornadoes. We're watching it. Hey, it looks like this is going to be happening, but if all the ingredients are there, but, ooh, I forgot to put in the sugar or I forgot to put in the flour, and, right. and you know, it doesn't come out right. The, the formula isn't quite there. The, and the potential's there. Yeah, exactly. So that's, and that's, some days, you know, we have a bust, and, and those are good things. If, <laughs> if like we can forecast severe weather and it not happen, that's fine. We don't want damage to livelihoods. We don't want we don't want anybody's lives to be inconvenienced. You know, we have to worry about our own family properties, you know, being impacted as well while we're working. So we don't want severe weather, but we're going to communicate the risk or potential for it if we see that it's fit. Yeah. And again, that's the uh, tornado safety is coming up on Wednesday, February 3rd. Uh, Day four for our severe weather preparedness week will be Thursday, February 4th. And that topic is going to be dealing with lightning safety. You know, lightning is really fascinating to me because it, you know, I think that it's just one of those things that we underestimate. We don't realize how powerful lightning is. And actually, whenever it connects with the ground, it's pulsing up and down back into its connector in the cloud. So it's not just like a single bolt comes down. There's a current going through point A to point B. And that means that if you get struck by lightning, you're actually, it's not just one single blow to you. So lightning, you know, it really does unfortunately kill people every single year. You see more density of lightning down in South Florida. They've got the sea breeze to contend with from the Gulf and the Atlantic Ocean. For us, we have that land interaction that comes in uh, with that, that usually the front in the afternoon. Sometimes our inland areas will then see that sea breeze combine with the Gulf front, but that's far inland. Back when I worked in southwest Georgia, we would deal with this sometimes as well with that really strong, if you had a big pressure difference, you'd have the sea breeze coming off the Atlantic, you'd have the sea breeze coming off the Gulf, they would combine, you'd have multiple outflow boundaries just wreaking havoc over areas. But with that, you get those daily thunderstorms, and that's whenever we get lightning, and it can be really loud, get you inside, but what we have to remember is that lightning is deadly, even if we haven't had a ton of, really haven't had any local fatalities lately from lightning, doesn't mean that the potential is not there. Maybe it just means that everybody's taking it seriously. Let's hope so, because uh, you mentioned it. If you are close enough to hear the thunder, that means you're close enough to be struck by lightning. So the old adage, when thunder roars, go indoors, certainly is something that you want to take heed of, because lightning can travel 10 miles or so, up to 12, I believe, something like that it is, before traveling in the air, before coming down to the ground. So we get those kind of strikes out of the blue, uh, which, oh, I don't, don't even uh, see the thunderstorm. It's not even a thunderstorm near me, and you get a lightning strike. It's probably from a thunderstorm a little bit further away associated with that. So you need to make sure that you are aware of yeah, those it really, lightning strikes. It really is wild to think about. Um, you know, there have been documentations from, from satellites in space that lightning actually stretches much, much further out of that. Some of these numbers I've read are pretty crazy, and I'd have to go back and confirm it before saying it out loud. But I will say from personal experience— I have seen in the plains, I was visiting family in Iowa, very flat, 
I saw a, a lightning bolt or, you know, the top of the Thunderheads from 90 miles away, 90 miles. And that was me knowing exactly where I was, knowing where the thunderstorm was and drawing a straight line from point A to point B, seeing how far it was. And of course, you see the tops of the storms because the earth is curved. So you're not going to see the full thunderstorm as if it was flat. But with it being flatter out there in the plains, um, it's crazy how far you can see it. And with us here in, in Georgia and South Carolina having having more trees, we don't get a good horizon shot every now and then unless uh, you're up a little bit, either in a, a building that's a little bit taller or for us, thankfully, we have a tower camera so we can kind of get above those trees. But it's crazy to think about. It. It's, it's, it's bright enough that you can see it that far away. I, I'm not even making it up. It, it's wild. Um, just to, to hit a little bit more on that, just a quick little thing about a lot of people talk about heat lightning. No such right. thing as heat lightning. What you mentioned there is people think, oh, it's so hot out that you're just going to get the, the, the mm-hmm. thunderstorm. It's got to come lightning. from somewhere. Yeah. It's a, it basically what happens is that the light will travel faster than sound. The light from the th- lightning, mm-hmm. the visible light from the lightning that you see, travels faster than the sound coming from the thunder, which produced that lightning. Uh, so the light will travel farther. So you see the light, but you won't hear the thunder. So it's a, basically a thunderstorm, which is far away that you can't hear the thunder. Yeah. At some point you're just, you will be far enough away. There's a threshold where you won't hear the effect of the lightning itself. And sometimes it, you know, off in the distance with some refraction and, and this, that, and the other, you can actually, it looks a little different. I know my family always thought it was like orangish off in the distance. And it's just, I understand where it comes from. But we don't want people to think that it's harmless because it could mean that the storm is actually coming your direction. If you see it, you might be in its path, you know, in an hour or so, depending on how far away it is. So basically what we're saying is the the rules of lightning, you see, try to get indoors. If you're out in the golf course, time to get out of the golf course, get inside, get to one of the shelter areas. If it's uh, you're out on the lake, maybe out in a boat. Well, you got to make sure you get inland out there because the worst place you want to be is out on water. Water is a very good conductor yep. of electricity. And if you're inside your house, stay away from the windows. You want to stay off your electronics. Um, a lot of people have cell phones. Cell phones are okay. okay. But a regular landline phone, well, no, you really don't want to be on that. That's what we had growing up. Yes, I did too. Cell yeah. phones. Oh, man. Well, going into the last day, and this isn't, you know, as as flashy, no pun intended here, talking about flash flooding and flooding. It's not as glamorous. It's not as picturesque as beautiful tornadoes that aren't causing damage, you know, looking at the plains and seeing storm chasers go out there or pretty lightning shots. But flooding actually causes more deaths than uh, many other weather factors and it's something that we have to deal with here obviously we've got over 100 miles of coastline in georgia going up into south carolina jasper beaufort county as well deals with flooding right along the coastline and we can get flooding from multiple different ways here it could be from you know rain up in in upper south carolina north georgia that comes down they could get a lot of rain and it gets into our waters estuaries and comes on down and floods us out even if we've been dry or in a drought doesn't matter still could flood our rivers and creeks. You could have thunderstorms that we know go over, don't move over areas of downtown Savannah or Portrait. Sit there. They just hang out. They're just chilling, and they can cause a, a real mess down there. But also you could have long-term rain events. Um, 
we have persistent rainfall with maybe a, a stationary front, also tropical systems. And, and that's, you know, something you hear us talk about every hurricane season is don't worry about the wind speed. We're going to break down the impacts because wind speed doesn't equate to impacts because there's more to a rating of a tropical storm versus a category of a hurricane than the wind itself. And we saw that with uh, storms down in the Texas coast. We've seen that in southwest Georgia has been nailed before where they've had over a foot to a, of rain from tropical systems. It's just it's something that really needs to be taken seriously. But thankfully, usually we can at least see it coming. Yeah, you'll know. And a lot of times with like the flash flooding, if you live in those areas which typically flood in a heavy rain event, we're telling you about that potential, hey, Watch out. If you, we were looking at some thunderstorms, it could mm-hmm. be slow movers. We can get a lot of rain. If the ground is already saturated, that could help that flooding occur a little bit quicker because the ground will absorb some of that rain. But if it's coming down at a very uh, heavy rate and over a short period of time, the ground just can't absorb all that. So that's where we get that flash flooding going on. And uh, just want to make sure you're prepared. Be, make sure you're getting the information that what could potentially be happening. And then if it is happening, make sure you have a way to get the information, whether it's on the WTOC mm-hmm. First Start Weather app, a NOAA weather radio, making sure you know that flooding is occurring and avoid the area or take precautions to keep you and your family safe. Yeah, and, and just kind of circling back to the home kit, something that I think has been a little bit more important and maybe new to these kits the past couple of years would be having portable phone chargers because, uh, you know, cell towers usually won't go out unless they take a direct hit from something, either a lightning strike or, or you know, a hurricane goes right over one. They're pretty resilient. And having a phone charge not only will make sure you can still get alerts from government officials, from us on the WTOC weather app, having those alerts turned on can really save your life. Uh, but also you can stream us on Facebook. If there's a severe warning out there, whether it's for tornadoes, you know, if it's hurricane coverage, we're going to be going wall to wall. We're going to be streaming it, um, not just on air, but usually on Facebook or on WTOC.com so that phone actually could be your way of getting information if your power is out, if you don't have a generator, if you don't have a way to charge that phone, having these portable batteries, and they've become a lot more affordable lately as well. You know, you can get one for 20 bucks that'll charge your phone with multiple ports where you can charge your family's phones. Multiple times, too. Yeah, yeah. It, it's crazy. And of course, they're rechargeable, but uh, that's that's something else that I would throw in there. Yeah, great advice out there. And that was uh, day five. That was uh, flash flooding February 5th. So those are what is coming up for next week. Again, we are getting into Georgia's severe weather preparedness week beginning Monday, February 1st. That was some information just to give you a quick little heads up of what we're going to be talking about all next week. And you'll get, you know, additional details from us online. We're, we're going to go, you know, giving you these, the, the, the good advice, but we're going to try to add some tidbits in there for you guys as well. Try to get this info out to as many people as possible because here we are sitting. Uh, it will be in the beginning of February. Not many people are thinking about storms, but we're trying to get people's mindset to, to realize what is likely on the horizon. Try to keep everybody safe. Some good advice. Well, Andrew, thank you very much. And that was another edition of our WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast.